Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Becky and Boyo. I'm Becky. And I'm Boyo. Today, Max, let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> let's those, hear what you got. Those three words can sometimes create a great deal of angst and anxiety. And paranoia. Don't forget the paranoia. <laughs> Today, we want to talk about having difficult conversations. And the importance of adequate communication when having those conversations. One of the things that you've been really clear with me about is not trying to preempt or explain what's going to happen in a difficult conversation before we have it, right? right? Yes. Like if I say, Max, there's something I need to talk to you about later today. What what sort of emotion does that evoke in you? Why would you not just tell me now? <laughs> just tell me now. That somehow um, needing to say, I guess as a parent, I, I, I don't want to blindside you. I want, you know, to sort of present it in a way that you know that it's a substantial conversation. Right. But what I'm learning is that's really not the best approach for you. It just dunks me into paranoia. Yes. I can't. It's difficult to keep, you know, a level head and open mind when having that conversation later because I've been, you know, stressing about it for the past however much time since you dropped the uh, I need to talk to you bombshell. And I guess I, I was going to ask you, does it, do you immediately go to, oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? Yes. Okay. So maybe that's just a parent child <laughs> thing. Although your dad would say the same thing. Yeah. If I say, hi, there's something <laughs> oh, I need no, to talk to you about time. later. Yeah. <laughs> he would say the same oh, thing. No. Can we just talk about it now? Like if I know that's coming, I can't think about anything else. I can't compartmentalize. Just hijacked my entire day. Thanks a lot. <laughs> It's funny because I think for me, I I do like a little heads up, like, um, I, and I don't, I don't automatically think, oh my gosh, it's something I've done wrong, but I do automatically think, okay, this is probably going to be a difficult or a challenging conversation, something that might be confrontational or something that we might need to talk about that we don't agree or we know that there's going to be difficulty because of circumstances from the past. Is it, is your initial response to want to avoid those conversations? No, my initial response is to be obviously open to those conversations, but the longer I stew in it, the more concerned and kind of paranoid I get about the conversation itself. And I eventually end up extrapolating onto what I think the conversation is going to be, or if I have no idea just being anxious about it for no reason. Because most of the time when we have a conversation, it's not that big. Like no. it's big, but yeah. it's nothing to be like, you know, paranoid about. Right, right. And I feel like if I have the time to think about it, I have the time to get defensive. Ah, uh, okay. Which is obviously, even if it's not a conversation that I have any reason to be defensive about, I still end up getting defensive. Well, and I think it's probably a natural progression with parents and their children. And as you move into adulthood, the playing field gets evened. Right. You know, it's no longer this eminent authority figure. You know, it's it it really is a dialogue. It's a conversation. Exactly. Um, and it's still our job as parents to bring issues that we think 
might be impactful. And sometimes that can be difficult or challenging. Then there's the emotional aspect of it too. I'm, I'm, I can be, I can be very direct. Yes. Very, very direct. And very convicted in how I bring something forward. And sometimes that causes me, for example, to become defensive. Yes. Because I interpret it as coming at you or yes. Coming at you. Yes. When in reality, I just overthink everything. Right. So by the time I say it out loud to you or whoever may be on the other side of the conversation, I've thought through every possible scenario, at least I think that I've thought through every possible scenario. So when I come to the conversation, I do speak very convictedly. Right. You know, I I know. There's a scenario you want to happen and you seek to make that scenario happen, which Mm. is being direct. That makes me sound very controlling, but probably right. No, I I know what you mean, though. I do. I think through and I bring, I, I start to approach it as if, I know what the best way forward is. And I do, I sometimes do similar things. I will, if I've overthought something and there's a number of scenarios that I think might happen and I want one to happen, I will push for that scenario to be the one that ends up, you know, happening, right? What if somebody brings a conversation that you're not ready to have? How do you, how do you feel about that there really aren't many conversations that i'm not ready to have i'm just thinking the, timing the very few that i okay if it's a timing issue i'll say it's a timing issue like if you haven't eaten for instance then i will say <laughs> shut up give me 20 minutes to get a sandwich <laughs> that's a that's a fair point but it's i never want to just stew on something if there's a conversation that i know needs to be had I want to have that conversation as soon as I'm mentally capable. Agreed. Agreed. So if I haven't eaten, I'm going to go get something to eat. And then we're going to immediately have that conversation because I do not want to stew on it. Well, the older you get, the better you have been about taking a minute and saying, you know what? I know this is important, but I can't have this conversation right now. Well, yeah, because you let me take a minute. I can be a bit of a bulldozer. I know when I want to talk about something, I want to talk about it now, you know, again, I've already thought it through, right? (laughs) I know what I'm saying. I just want to say it out loud. So yes, I'm getting better about interpreting and discerning. You know, we always say, read the room, right? right? (laughs) And so the way you communicate with someone can differ specifically on the person and what their needs are in communication. But also timing is important too. Yeah, back to the specific ways people communicate. I, I like to think of it like this. It's just just like everyone has a very particular learning style that works best for them. And teachers need to, for example, be able to discern what learning styles you know, their students have to be able to best teach them. People, All people have different conversation styles as well, especially in very important scenarios where... You know, there's important information that needs to be addressed. Your conversation style is to be very direct, very direct, very straightforward. This is what I need to say. You're going to hear what I have to say. Then I'll listen to what you have to say. Mine is a little different. Uh, I tend to interpret being direct as being overly assertive or keep an even keel, so to speak, and view it as just input rather than overriding what I have to say. And so what I've found is I tend to respond best, especially in the moment 
when things are brought a little more, not casually, but not as direct. Softer. Softer. That's a better way to describe it. Yeah, that's it. been reflected back to me on many occasions. Yes. Um, not just here, but in other environments as well, <clears throat> which is, which I have to say, sometimes I have a problem with that. But the idea of whose responsibility is it for how you receive what we're talking about. Right. And I do agree that you have to read the room. You have to see if the person with whom you are speaking is becoming visibly uncomfortable. Or defensive. Or defensive. Nothing ever goes well when people are being defensive. It, it just, conversations don't happen. Points don't get across. No one can come to agreements. But would you say there are those scenarios that regardless of how you present something, someone's going to become defensive? Yes, that is inevitable. And so is it the person who's presenting the or being direct in the communication is it necessarily always that person's responsibility oh, to of course not no. okay good i'm happy it's, to hear you say that it's necessary for every individual to know their limits so to speak if i am in a position where i'm feeling overly defensive like as we said if i haven't eaten all day i will i know that in those scenarios i tr i kind of trend towards being more defensive Yes. And because of that, I know not to have conversations, especially very important conversations in those scenarios, because I can't keep a level head. I can't stay focused on the, you know, the conversation itself. I get defensive and then conversation breaks down. And so I know that I need to say, can't have this conversation right now. Let me resolve the issue I'm currently dealing with. Then I'll come back and we can have this conversation. I think that's perfectly healthy. That's very different than I can't have this conversation with you at all. Right. Because as an adult, I'm sorry, I just don't feel like that's ever appropriate. It's not. No. <laughs> I just if, don't. If there's an important conversation that needs to be had, you can't just chicken out. You can't, you can't ghost someone. You can't ghost someone. Because you can't deal. Well, you can. Well, you can. But then you yes. have to accept the consequences for that. And that may be break, the breakdown of relationships or miscommunications that can cause harm or confusion. Or in a or, work environment, it can be very divisive. And so... Or even cost you money. Or even cost or you a job. money. That's exactly right. It's not just personal relationships that matter. It's professional ones as well. That's right. And so taking ownership of whatever our deficits are... And I, when I use the word deficit, I don't mean that, that it's a character flaw or something that can never be resolved, but just yes. acknowledging that I'm having difficulty with this conversation in this moment. I need to take a breath. I need to regroup. I need to have someone have this conversation with me. That's appropriate in my mind, yes. but it is never okay not mm -hmm. to have the conversation. And then if you say, I can't have this conversation right now, it is then your responsibility to pick the conversation back up. That's, You're the one who put it off. And so it's your responsibility to make sure everyone's receptive to the conversation. That, this is kind of the way I see it. If you initially bring the conversation, it is your responsibility to make sure it is brought in a way that people aren't getting defensive. But if someone says, I can't have this conversation right now, we need to talk about this later, it becomes their responsibility to do the same. Agreed. It depends on who's leading the conversation. I kind of like to think of it. Agreed. Yes. And I personally have been in scenarios um, in work environments where the conversation needs to happen. The other person 
needs to bring the conversation, but does not. And therefore it becomes somebody else's responsibility to initiate the conversation right. because they are, do it because they are conflict avoidant and are not able to come to the table in a rational and um, mature way. But then it gets to the point where you're always forcing the conversation because they don't have the guts to do it or they're con- uh, conflict averse or they are trying to avoid it and you come off as the bad guy. Or the bulldozer. Sometimes conversations with colleagues are some of the most difficult ones because you don't have the emotional connection with them. Right. Um, so there isn't this sense of, for instance, if you and I have a difficult conversation and it does not go well, it doesn't matter because we love each other and right. we're going to come back around. We can get over it. We can, we you can, know, you know, come back later, talk it out. Yes. But so sometimes with colleagues. Kind of have to make it go right. Or with time. peers um, that you don't have those relationships with. It, you you sort of decide how valuable is this relationship? How important is this conversation? Is it going to matter? Am I having it for them? Am I having it for myself? Am I having it to move something forward? Yeah. And you just don't know you how don't that's going to happen. You don't know. But it's like we say in so many things, in so many circumstances, you just show up, right? We've talked about that in difficult circumstances. The same is true with difficult conversations. Just show up. You, have the conversation. It has to be said. And I've found once I've had difficult conversations afterwards, I usually feel much better because I no longer have the weight of whatever topic it was or the anticipation of the conversation. Even if I haven't been told about it, if I know it's coming. Yes, I agree. It just feels better to get it over. I agree. It's freeing. No matter the consequences, you're right. It just saying it out loud does bring this sense of freedom and sense of Well, and for me, if I bring myself to the table to have the conversation, then I am taking part in attempting a solution. Whether it ends up that way or not, I'm doing my part in ensuring that I am at least trying to move things forward in a positive way. If the ball's in your court, you got to at least play the game. There you go. So I know in the future, if I need to tell you something, I'm not going to say Max, we need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll make sure to not freak out and hide in my room. (laughs) All right. So until our next not-so-difficult conversation, this is Becky. And this is Boyo. Toodles. Thank you for listening.